Anastasia, Audrey, Alice, and Shirley. The Monday Morning Memo for September 17, 2018. The feminine ideal was different a hundred years ago. Less sex, more charm. It was her charm that attracted us to young Anastasia Romanov, the daughter of Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. This is why we refused to believe it when she was murdered in 1918 following the Bolshevik Revolution. For the next 50 years, we embraced every imposter who claimed to be her. Elegant, refined charm remained a feminine ideal as recently as 50 years ago. That's what attracted us to the movies of Audrey Hepburn. Anastasia and Audrey represent the regal queen, one of the four feminine archetypes of Carl Jung. But Anastasia and Audrey were bumped aside by the blonde bombshells of Marilyn Monroe and Jane Mansfield, poster girls for the objectification of women. And I mean poster girls quite literally. Marilyn was the centerfold in the first ever issue of Playboy magazine, with Jane following in her footsteps 17 months later. Marilyn and Jane represent the erotic lover, another of the four feminine archetypes. Just as the regal queen was in vogue 100 years ago, so was the impudent ingenue. America was riveted by the antics of Alice Roosevelt, the mischievous young daughter of Teddy. And when Alice exited the White House, we replaced her with young Shirley Temple, the impetuous embodiment of little orphan Annie. This young court jester persona of Alice and Shirley and little orphan Annie is a subtype of the wise woman archetype, which is the feminine variation of the masculine wizard or magician. It continues to this day as an icon of female empowerment in characters such as Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games, Laura Croft from Tomb Raider, Bella Swan from Twilight, and Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter series. Girl Power I've saved the first of the female archetypes for last, however, because Mother Eve is the least appreciated and most misunderstood. I blame the translators of the 1611 King James Bible. We meet Eve in the second chapter of Genesis when God says, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him an Ezer Konegdo. The King James Version translates this as, A help meet for him while other translations say helpmate or helper. You see, in 1611, meet meant appropriate. Therefore, a help appropriate for him. This mistranslation in 1611 caused Christians to believe that the proper role of women was to be the assistant or servant of their man. The Hebrew term, Ezer Konegdo, is notoriously difficult to translate. In fact, it appears nowhere in the Bible except the second chapter of Genesis. But we know for certain that it doesn't mean helper. It means lifesaver. Let's look at the two separate words that combine to form Azer Konegdo. Azer is always interpreted as power or strength or rescue. 
throughout the Bible. It speaks only of God, especially when you desperately need Him to come through for you. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun, who rides on the heavens to be your Azer. Deuteronomy 33.26 Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is your shield and Azer, and your glorious sword. Deuteronomy 33.29 I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my Azer come from? My Azer comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2 May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you Azer. Psalm 20, verses 1 and 2 Connecto means facing. It can also mean opposite. Thus, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a power facing him. I will make him a strength opposite him. I will make him a rescuer that looks him in the face. Each of these translations is vastly more accurate than helpmate or helper. Remember when Arwen saves Frodo in The Lord of the Rings? Arwen is a princess, a beautiful elf maiden. She comes into the story in the nick of time to rescue Frodo, just as the poisoned knife wound is about to claim him. He's fading. He's not going to last. We must get him to my father. I've been looking for you for two days. There are five wraiths behind you. Where the other four are, I do not know. Stay with the hobbits. I'll send horses for you. I'm the faster rider. I'll take him. The road is too dangerous. I do not fear them. Arwen, ride hard. Don't look back. It is she, not the warrior Aragorn, who rides with glory and speed. She is Frodo's only hope. She is the one entrusted with his life, and with him, the future of all Middle-earth. She is his Azer Connecto. Can you imagine how history might have unfolded differently if those translators in 1611 had found the courage to translate what the Bible really says? Roy H. Williams Science fiction is rapidly becoming reality, especially when it comes to the prospects of small businesses operating in space. Earlier this month, a group of scientists, entrepreneurs, and futurists gathered in St. Louis for Gateway to Space 2018 Destination Moon, a one-day conference about working and living on the moon. Christine Noby, an educator and president of St. Louis Space Frontier, was the opening speaker, and she's roving reporter Rotbart's guest this week at mondaymorningradio.com.